What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Hustle and Grind podcast. My name is Jason Hartwell from JK Blades, and I got Pickle back with me, and it's official. It's the Jason and Pickle Show. I got a new co-host, and i um, pretty excited about it. How you feel, Nick? I feel fucking amazing, man. <laughs> doing dude. great. How are you doing? I'm doing good, man. Hot as hell. I've been outside. Oh, really? Well, I've been inside today, but in a hot shop, so... It, I'm, it's hot. Like it's it's dumb hot here. I got in my truck and uh, you know I got a little temperature gauge on the dash and I think it reads the heat index instead of the actual heat, but it said 121 <laughs> when I got in my truck. Holy shit! Yeah, so it is. That's, a, not, that's not the case here today. Well, man, I I can't wait until winter. Winter is my favorite season by far. You can always put on like you know some thermal underwear you know the long pants and stuff or an extra hoodie yeah, we call we call them long johns okay well, that, that's what we call them i didn't know if if anybody know what the hell i was talking about if i said long johns yeah but uh yeah, yeah you can always put on something extra but when it's hot man eventually yeah. you're just going to be naked and hot you know you can only take off so much and there's only so much you could do with so little on too so that's exactly right yeah. I, I don't want to be Doing the dangling swing next to a hot forge. Yeah, no, I don't even grind blades in my shorts or nothing because just it's annoying. Yeah, I've got. I'd rather have. A... I don't Go do ahead. I don't do anything in my my cutoff shirts. You know, normally I'm wearing like sleeveless t shirts and stuff. But yeah. man, when that metal dust starts getting up into your creases or your elbows and up under your arms, it'll take but a minute to make it a, a very uncomfortable day. Oh yeah. I actually had to work with a hoodie this morning. It was kind of chilly. Holy crap. I don't even know where my hoodies that, are yet. Uh, and it's a record low in my shop right now. What's 20? Hold on a second. And it said it was it's like turning into fall from one day to another over here. Well, down here in, that. in Georgia, they say if you don't like the weather, wait 10 minutes. And it's the only place yeah. where you can get four seasons in three days. So it's only like 68 in my shop right now. But what is it outside? Outside is... It's only 64 out today. Damn, that I can't wait until that kind of weather, man. That'll be awesome. Yeah, I know. It was perfect weather for the shop. Trust me. Yeah, I think tomorrow I'm going to have a full day in my shop with... I don't even have to leave the house. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of running back and forth this week, trying to get other stuff set up and situated and arranged. But I think tomorrow I'm going to have a whole day. So I'm pretty excited about that. I got some orders put in this week. and uh, Oh, nice. Yep, I ordered uh, almost 300 pounds of steel. I was, Holy shit. When we talked to Tyler uh, from Wolf River Forge, you know, he was talking about if you order over a hundred pounds worth, you get a percentage off with New Jersey steel bearing. And I got to thinking to myself, like, you know, I even said it on the podcast. I never ordered that much steel. Well, I did this time. I ordered a buckload of steel and, uh, I got my, I ordered the stuff for my Kydex. I got a press. I got all the dies, the eyelets, you know, the Kydex itself, the Arbor press, the drill bits, the whole nine, like every single thing I need to start doing Kydex. Yeah. Got every single bit of that. I ordered it from knifekits.com, and they are not a sponsor of any kind. But good Lord, dude, I ordered it Monday night at 
I don't know, seven or eight o'clock, certainly after they were closed, you know. And it came at around ten o'clock Wednesday morning. Oh, nice. nice. Yeah. That's some of the fastest shipping I've ever seen. And and I got uh twenty sets of handle scales coming from Rob's Wildwood. So, you know, that's the the luxury handle material. The cream of the crop. So I'm fixing to start working on some batches and trying to get out and get some shows, set up some tables, yeah. see if I can make a run at making some money that way. Because as of right now, yeah, there's all kinds of shows. Yeah, and it's crazy because down here, I'm sure it's the same everywhere, but um, it seems like there's one here this weekend. I think it's September 5th, whatever this coming weekend is. There's one show probably about an hour and a half from us, and then there is nothing else all the way until January. But then once January hits, there's at least one a month within, you know, 200 miles, 250 miles, which is about as far as I want to drive. Yeah, it's quite the height. Yeah. But, I mean, if I end up doing well at shows and kind of get my name out there a little more, I wouldn't be opposed to going further. But I don't want to drive eight hours or something and not sell it. Yeah, jump on the plane with all your bleed. (laughs) Yeah, I don't want to do that. But, um it's just trying something new and I'm super excited about that Kydex thing. Just. Yeah. That's a lot of steel too. Holy shit. I can't say that. I probably got about 50 pounds of steel sitting here. I mean, it, it adds up quick. So I, I ordered mine by the sheet because I yeah. just, I don't, I used to order bar stock just inch and a half wide by 12 inches. Um, and then I upgraded to inch and a half wide by four feet, started buying the big bars. But I just noticed yeah. there's a lot of waste when I do it like that. And it limits also, you know, what kind of shape you can make. Even if you yeah, want exactly. like a only inch and a half wide belly on your blade, maybe you want the handle to kick up, you know. Can't do yeah. nothing offset with bar stock. So I've just found ordering it by the sheet just it works out a lot better for me. Yeah. And um Yeah, I was listening to um, another podcast uh yes. Not yesterday, the day before yesterday, uh, for a shy chat with uh, Landor Novak and Justin Lamour. They're out of Canada as well. They uh, started, I think I brought it up before they started that podcast. I actually recorded with them last week. That should be airing this week or this weekend. Cool. But um, they had uh, Casey Valensky on from uh, Wind Valley Forge. And uh, that's what he said too, like talking about steel, is that he orders it directly from them and he orders. Oh, and he gets good prices, and it's cheaper than ordering from a knife supplier. Yeah, yeah, it was. Uh, I ordered mine from New Jersey Steel Baron, and I mean, honestly, I looked around at some other places, and I found some other places, and the prices were comparable. Some of them were a little cheaper, but when I say cheaper, I'm talking like a dollar or two. You know what I mean? Not like yeah, yeah, yeah. And I found one spot. I can't remember where it was, but it was like ridiculously cheap it was so cheap that i didn't order it because i was scared of it you know like there's no <laughs> way that's legit real steel for that price you know i don't want to yeah. order some yes yeah, order some shit somebody bought from lowe's and you know shined up a little bit and it's just mild steel and they're claiming it's 1095 or whatever yeah but that's not cool i did order uh everything i ordered this round was 1084 and Normally, I work with 1095. They were out of 1095, but I've been having some issues um, 
and I think it is a temperature issue because, like we said, I, I heat treat out of my forge. So it's all eyeball looking at the color, right? Well, now that my yeah. forge is outside, I'm having to kind of re-get used to the colors because yeah. it, it doesn't show up the same out in the sunlight. No, it doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> it definitely doesn't. And um, I cooked the shit out of a blade last week. I don't know what that one I sent you a picture of. <laughs> that's what I thought happened. Yeah, that's what I thought happened to that blade. I was like, that looks pretty cooked. <laughs> I don't know how that happened, though. <laughs> It looked like there's fingerprints and veins in it. Like, I've never, yeah. ever seen something like that before. But, well, uh, what happens is if you would have gotten it to higher heat, it would have literally just probably crumbled off. Like, the tip would have crumbled off. I forged in my um, my coal forge outside in the daytime. Yeah. And uh, I had some 52-100 uh, round stock, some uh, round bar. So I was going to try my first go at a uh, blacksmith knife with the rat tail, you know, all curved and all that shit. Right. When I got down to uh, hammering out the uh, the tang, I put it in the coal forge, and I was like, all right, ready to go. You know, I'm going to start curling things back and all that. So I put it in the coal forge, give it a few cranks. I pull out the blade. There's no tang left. Oh, damn. Cooked all the way off, huh? Yeah. Yeah, and I looked into the forge, and there was like two pieces there. So I was like, oh, great. (laughs) I burned that right off. Yeah. It don't take much in a coal forge, man. That gets hot fast. Oh, hell no. I, was, I started in a coal forge well, after my hole in the ground, but I made a coal forge, and it's crazy how it's it's sneaky. You know what I mean? It doesn't seem oh, yeah. like it's getting that hot. Because I feel no. like you can stand next to a coal forge a lot more comfortably than you can stand next to a gas forge. But that coal forge is actually getting hotter. Most oh, no, of the it gets hot in there. Yeah. So I am, my plan this week is going to be practicing on some Kydex. I think I've watched several videos on it already and I've got the idea in my head, you know, how to do it. You fold it over and press it. Can't be that hard. Yeah. But, shouldn't be that hard. I, I'm pretty sure if you could make knives, you could do Kydex. Exactly. That seems like the easy like part you, of it. But, and you've handled enough sheets and Kydex sheets and knives and everything else. Like the same thing with me. If I were to put my hands on Kydex press and all that stuff, I probably, see the thing is that's a whole other rabbit hole for me because I have that personality. I have an addictive personality and I'd end up doing as much Kydex as I would knives and I'd go get all creative with that, you know? Yeah, like I've, not just a simple black Kydex sheet that would be crazy stuff. I've already <laughs> I, got some I, wild I ideas. Myself in doing it. Yeah. I ordered, uh, two sheets of Kydex, but they are two foot by four foot sheets. So oh, that's four <laughs> by four. I've got, was that? 16 square feet of it. <laughs> and, uh, that works. That, I, I got a good feeling. I'll be able to make quite a few sheets out of that. But I mean, it was cheaper to buy it that way. You know, like all this stuff that I bought for Kydex. I mean, when I say I got everything, I got, everything because I didn't have any of it already. You know, I didn't have an Arbor press or the foam or none of it. I only spent. No, that's the most expensive part is getting everything together to get going, you know? Yeah. I mean, the equipment itself, the Kydex itself, that was like, I don't know, 30 bucks a sheet, maybe not even that much. But for every single thing that I bought, it was just a hair over 200 bucks. I mean, it wasn't bad at all. So, um, and there's still, yeah, that makes sense. There's a lot of other stuff that I didn't get that I'm already eyeballing. You know, just like you were saying, 
kind of fancy it up and get a little creative with it. Exactly. But I'm going to get the basics down like before I go wild. But um, it's going to be fun, man. I'm excited about it for sure. And Can't wait to see what you're going to come up with. Yeah, me too. Hey, I want to take a step uh, uh, backwards right quick. Oh, go ahead. Let me interrupt you. I want to take a step backwards right quick before I forget. So yep. we already said that you are the new co-host. And yes, I just want to clarify to the world that Bubba is fine. Bubba is okay. There's no bad blood or none of that kind of crap. Bubba just has five kids and a full-time job and a leather shop. And he just simply doesn't have the time. So, you know, I've got a couple of messages of people asking about Bubba. Almost like they think me and Bubba had a falling out or something's wrong. Everything's fine. Pickle just has the time. And he's a good friend, and we're going to do it together. And Bubba, he'll, he still may pop on here every now and then. But he'll just be popping on okay. with me and Pickle. So I just want to make sure the world knows that. And Bubba, you're probably still listening. We love you. But we know you got shit to do. So anyway, I just wanted to get that out there before I forgot. Carry on. <laughs> yeah, Kydex, I was going to say. Um, one guy who's got quite a bit of videos on YouTube, and uh, I follow him on uh, Facebook. Is uh, David Vader? Vader Nice. Yeah, yeah. He, he, he does a lot of Kydex videos and stuff. He's actually got one going on right now, like in his stories. I'm assuming that'll come out on YouTube eventually. No, is that the same but, guy uh, that did uh, the knife template page? No, no, no. I, well, I don't. Hold on a second. Um, no, that's that, that's DP something. I think. Yeah, yeah, no, that's not him. Okay. What am I doing? When I yeah, Davy Vader, Davy Vader, and like I said, it's uh, Vader Knives. Okay, yeah, I've, I've definitely heard of him before. Yeah, he does. Like I said, he's got a few clips on his page right now that are Kydex related. Yeah, I just typed in. There's all kinds of tips. It's funny because, like you know, we all got our. YouTube account, them accounts start to learn you. Like they know when you start typing what kind of stuff you're fixing to look for. I typed in yeah, yeah. KY in the search bar on the TV on YouTube. And as soon as <laughs> I put in KY, it said Kydex knife sheaths. And I was like, well, hey, there we go. But uh, I ran across the guy. I've been watching, I don't watch a ton of YouTube. I watch it when I want to learn something, but I don't just sit back and. You know, just because yeah, know. it's this guy, I watch all his videos. I don't do that. Um, I did watch another video and learn some stuff from it. We'll get into that in a little bit. But I, this guy, I don't even know his real name. His channel is called Outdoors 55. And he had some really good videos on Kydex. And he makes, he keeps it simple. You know what I mean? He don't try to yeah. go over the top. He just shows the basics of how to do it. And that's the way I learned. I don't need to watch an hour and a half on a 10 minute process, but I'm the same way too, man. Like I, I get like 45 seconds in and I'm like, I'm already skipping to what I need to know. And if I spend a, a minute and a half watching a 15 minute video, you know, I, I learned a lot in that minute and a half. Yeah. I went and got what I needed and I bounced. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Yeah. I did. I watched a video this week, uh, of a how to, and I built something. From a YouTube video. So, oh, cool. you, ever yeah. heard, 
You ever heard of this dude named uh, Brian House? <laughs> of course I've heard of him. <laughs> yep, that's the same guy. He's got a YouTube channel. He's got a grinder company. He's got a podcast called Work For It. Awesome podcast. Check it out. And um, I built his soft platen attachment that he put a video oh, up on. Nice. And I nice. have used all kind of shit before. I've glued leather to the platen. I have done just a Scotch Bright chunk of Scotch Bright belt, just taped to the platen. Um, I've done layers of painter's tape. Just I've tried all kinds of stuff over the years. But the way he did it is he glued a piece of leather to a piece of Scotch Bright belt. And it just so happens I had a Scotch Bright belt already busted up and I used a chunk of my old leather apron, the one that started burning out. I found a chunk of it that was still in good shape and I cut that joker up. So you put the Scotch Bright on the platen, you know, on the face of the platen, and then uh the leather goes on top. So your belt is actually against the leather, makes it super smooth. But the Scotch Bright has just a little bit of give to it. And man, when I put that thing on there yesterday and fired it up on a four hundred grit belt, there was zero chatter. I mean, it was just perfect. I was thoroughly impressed. No bumping, no nothing. Nothing, dude. I mean, you know, sometimes <clears throat> you'll get that bump where the tape line is. Yeah, yeah, the belt bump. Yeah, all the way gone. I mean, it was so cool. And what's awesome is the grinder that I have is a Broadbeck Ironworks 2x72 grinder. And uh, they are a sponsor of this show, so I'm going to pump them up a little bit. They got the best grinders in the world, in my opinion, and a lot of people's opinions, because some of the best of the best use those grinders. But once you've got a Broadbeck grinder, their attachments are just unreal. They got you know the rotary platen, the contact wheel, surface grinder, disc grinder, buff wheel, buffing wheel attachment. Those are all awesome. And if you use the promo code HUSTLE10, you get 10% off, all that cool stuff. But I bought just an extra platen face, you know, just just a piece of steel that bolts to the D-plate. And it's, yeah. it's already cut to the right size. It's drilled and tapped. So you just unscrew one from the back, screw the other one in, you're good to go. So you can go between a hard platen and a soft platen pretty fast. But, uh, nice. The, the discount does not apply to replacement parts like that or the belts. The discount's only for grinders and attachments. But the thing only cost me like fourteen bucks shipped. So I mean you can't beat that. Yeah, no, that's pretty decent. Yeah. So now I mean if I want to go back to my hard platen, I got two half inch screws or bolts, you know, little short bolts on the back of it, just zip zip, zip them out, zip them in. Back to work. That's it. So. I'm running uh, three D plates. <laughs> I've got one. I've got one for slack. Belt, of course, you are. I got, yeah, and then I got the. Uh, I got one with that queen glass platen that has no tricks in it. Nothing. I only use it for for bevels and you know no rough grinding or nothing. Right. And the other one is beat. It's got chips in it and it's got a fucking dent in it too from grinding up profiles. But, uh, you know, everything's got its place, and there's no, like you said, there's no tools involved in changing attachments. You just 
you could go ahead and slide them in, especially when you're running two grinders. See, that's the thing. Right. <laughs> now that I sit here and look at it, you know, I got two grinders. So I can run two platens at once without having to change anything at all. Makes everything completely toolless. So. Well, do you do anything for uh, any kind of soft platen? You know, once you get up into the higher grits, what do you do? What do you do there? Um, I have no clue what you're talking about. <laughs> no, uh, I don't really do high grit grinding on my style of uh, finish. You know, I hit uh, 220 is the highest I go. Oh, really? Yeah, and then I hit everything with the with the, the surface conditioning belts. Okay, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So uh, it gives it that uh, scratchy. Like, I've done one mirror finished blade since I started blades, and that's the only one I've ever done. And everything, everyone... Everything that everyone asks for, they ask for the grind lines. I'm going to see those grind lines, right? Yes, you will. That's what you want. That's what you get. You know, and that's that's my signature finish. You know, it's not because I'm lazy and I don't want to. You know, I I could spend hours and hours just you know getting everything nice and smooth and mirror finish and hand sanding and all that, but that's not my uh, that's not my signature, right? I guess I don't you know. I'm really... a grungy, a grungy, woodsy guy. You know, I'm all <laughs> scruffy and tattooed and, you know, scarred up and everything. And, you know, my work kind of represents me. Yeah, well, I'm with as you. As an artist, so. T- scruffy, tattooed guy. But I just, yeah. I, I like the shiny. You know what I mean? It's just, I don't know what it is. When it's shiny, it's just. Oh, it looks good. I, I enjoy looking at nice blades and, you know, nice out hormone lines and all that stuff. You know, the work you did on your hormone line, uh, that's all good stuff. I enjoy looking at it and all that. Would I enjoy doing it? Not really on the creative side. You know, on that creative aspect as an artist, it, it doesn't, it, it wouldn't represent me, you know, so. Yeah, it just don't tickle your fancy. No, it doesn't tickle my pickle. <laughs> tickle the pickle. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. I mean, personally, if I was to buy a knife, like say I was not a knife maker, you know, our knives are not cheap. They're not as expensive as a lot of custom knives are, but they're still not cheap. If I was going to spend that much money on a custom knife, I would probably steer towards your style of knives over my own just because, you know, like I said, I like the shiny and I would be scared to death one little scratch would stick out like a sore thumb. Whereas yours, you leave yeah, yeah. the grind lines, the shit just blends in. Yeah. Everything's there. <clears throat> Everything blends in, you know. Right. Just like uh, I do a lot of that. Like I just did an acid stone wash finish on uh, on a hunter. You know, and nobody's going to be using it. Like, like I'm, he needs it for hunting season that's coming up. Right. And uh, I know he's going to use it. So I did ask the stone wash finish on it. You know, it's got grind lines and it's got all the scratches from the stone wash. And that way, if he scratches it up, it won't really, you know, it's just going to blend in. It just sits right in. Yeah, that makes sense. I prefer, I prefer it on my personal carry blades as well, too. Yeah, well, I think, you know, that knife we were just talking about that I cooked. So it's got all that shit in it that looks like cracks. I actually stuck that. You know, my workbenches in my shop are made framed up with two by fours, and then it's got three quarter inch plywood on top, and um, it's all screwed down. 
and I stuck it between the plywood and the two before, and I pried on it enough to where it started lifting the plywood because I was like, shit, I'm just going to break it, you know. I'll look at the grain structure inside and see what we got going on. It started prying up the plywood, and I put it on, like, the most cracked-up, nasty-looking area of the knife, and it didn't break. Yeah. So I was like, well, shit, okay. It looks ridiculous. It looks like garbage. But I think what I'm going to do is just put a handle on it and finish it out. That'll be my first knife that I practice my Kydex on, and I'll just keep it in the shop as a little open boxes knife or or whatever, you know, just something to keep down there. I definitely wouldn't carry it just because, you know, I have carried some of my own knives in a sheath before out in town, and people say, oh, let me see that knife. That's awesome. Where'd you get it? That's a perfect opportunity for me to say, you know, I made it. I make knives. I don't want to show them that. You know what I mean? I don't want to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Show them that. That learning curve. (laughs) It's something. I don't know what to name it, but it's something. Yeah. But yeah, that's gonna be uh, just a stay. Did you try grinding any of the uh, any of it? Like, did you get to grinding it at all? I I knocked the the four scale off of it. I haven't really got into it a lot, just because I got other shit going on. I don't really have time to go off on a curiosity rabbit hole right this minute. But yeah, uh, I don't know, dude. So on that one, I put in the forged finish on the on the flats, and it's got a hollow grind. So, you know, I took my ball peen and just hammered both sides just to give it that cool look. But all that yeah. cracky shit goes through all my little hammer marks. So there's no way to get it out of that without grinding all the way through all that, if it is just on the surface, without doing such a drastic distal taper that the tip's yeah. going to just snap. You know, like, it's just screwed. There's no other way around it. That one's just screwed but it's hard you know what i mean like it's hard and it's doesn't seem brittle after tempering and all so i'm gonna just fuck with it for a while and like i said it'll be a good practice blade because you know i'm hell i might scratch up the first knife that i do you know trying to do kydex why not scratch up one that's never gonna leave the shop put the painter's tape on it yeah, yeah. I see, I see guys do that, and it gives it that thickness of slack that you're... Yeah, it gives you the clearance. Like and need... The four, yeah, the four layers of painter's tape. Um, But I've always been curious, too. Like, say you do do... <laughs> doo-doo. You do uh, <laughs> a mirror-style <laughs> blade. Is it going to scratch it up? Like, sliding in and out of there? I mean, I know Kydex is pretty smooth, but still, you know... <laughs> I don't know. It's going to be weird. But ain't but one way to find out, right? Exactly. Like, I would hate sending out, you know, uh, a finished blade uh, with a Kydex sheet. And then they, you know, the blade end up getting scratched up in the customer's possession. Like, I, I just the thought of it disgusts me. Yeah. I would not want that to happen. Yeah, and I've thought about, too, this thought's run through my head, and I'm sure someone's already tried it and you know, got a reason why it wouldn't work. I already know of one reason why it wouldn't work, but it's a thought that has went through my head. Why not put like a thin layer of leather or felt or something inside the sheath and then press it? I've seen hybrid cases, yeah. I've seen those sheets, I mean. The first thing that comes to my mind is if you do have a layer of something else inside it, 
the tip of the knife hanging up on that and cutting it up. Yeah. But I don't know. It would have to be, uh, it would have to be like taco style. Oh yeah, for so sure. So it wouldn't catch, the tip wouldn't catch anything. Uh, what was it I saw? Uh, oh, it was uh, just, you can get them off of Amazon. They're like uh, blade protectors, just like flat folded Kydex that you could slide a blade into. Right. And it's got like an open top to it. And uh, anyways, uh, those have like a felt lining in them. You could just slide the blade in and out, no problem. Like I had a bunch at one point and I was sending them out with a few uh, fancier knives, if you want to say. Yeah. But uh, they're, you know, I, I got them off Amazon. If I was going to start sending those out with blades, I'd have to look into buying both because it makes no sense on Amazon. Yeah, you'd have to. I'm trying to think. That's got to be something you could buy in bulk, because you really, you know, that would come in handy for storage, and uh, yeah, especially shipping. But you couldn't really charge for that. You know what I mean? Oh no, no, no! Exactly. Like if I'm paying two, three dollars for, for you know for protector, I don't mind you know just handing them out with a blade. Right. If, if you're gonna buy five and it costs you twenty five dollars to get them here, there's no point. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a little much just to be kind of yeah. throwing it in. So when you ship your knives, let's talk about that. That's that's an interesting subject to me. I got questions for you this week. Like you ain't never been on this on bitch, but uh, <laughs> shoot. When you ship your knives, how are you? Since you don't include sheaths or anything, what are you doing as far as protection? You know, from the edge or from the tip or or what? I've got a what I think is a pretty cool plan that I have come up with, but I would like to hear what you do. I I put a tip protector at the end, um, and I wrap it up in uh, wax paper after it's like cleaned and then oiled. I oil it for the ride because mm-hmm. I'm shipping from you know the Great White North here on the East Coast, and it takes a while before it can get to certain places. So I oil them up pretty well. I wrap it in wax paper, tape it up. And I wrap it up in newspaper, bundle it all up in that, and then I uh, envelope. If it fits in an envelope, like a bubble envelope. And if not, then I put it in the box, pack that up, and paper up, ship her out. That sounds pretty simple. That's pretty simple, yeah. Yeah. So what, what I, I do, have time to do, so that's what I do. Yeah. <laughs> if <laughs> if my if I ship one in a sheath, it just gets wrapped up with some shrink wrap and thrown in a priority padded envelope. I fold that over and then stick it into another padded envelope and out the door she goes. But if it's like a chef's knife, you know, or, or something pretty fancy that doesn't have a, a sheath. So my wife loves candles and she's got tons of these candles that have, uh, these cork lids on them, right. You know, that you put back on the candle when you're not burning it. So you there? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, gotcha. Your little thing on this board just went blank as shit for half a second. I was like, fuck. But uh, <laughs> anyway, so uh, she's got uh, all these candles. And when the candles are gone, I keep the lids. And they're about the size of a mason jar lid, maybe just a little bigger. So I take my hacksaw, and I cut those up into little cubes. So it's about one inch by one inch by one inch, little little cubes. And I stick that on the tip of the knife, you know, just to protect the tip. And um, then I take it and I put, uh, I don't even know what this stuff's called. I'm looking at it right now. So, you know, if you've got like a a cooler with a shoulder strap, it's got like that nylon strap 
Yeah. Um, yep, oh, yep. Yeah. So I've got somehow or another, I came across the roll of that shit. I don't know where it came from. It's been in my shop for years, but I've got like a thousand feet of it. So however long Same. the blade is, I cut a piece of that, you know, that long, I fold it over the blade and I shrink wrap it. And obviously after it's washed and oiled pretty thoroughly, when I oil mine for shipping, I use canola oil, just, uh, you know, like you would spray a pan down with before you cook something, just yeah. spray it on there and wipe it off real easy to where it's not caked on, but it's still on there. That has always worked great and it's food safe, super quick and easy. But, Makes uh, sense. And then I just shrink wrap it and uh, I take a piece of felt, not felt, fabric, whatever I got laying around. I've got a bunch of it because it's dirt cheap. And I wrap it up in the fabric and uh, use some butcher's twine and kind of tie little bows, you know, all the way down the length of it, maybe three or four times, yeah. just a little prettier presentation. But uh, that's the way I've always done it. I, but I've always been nervous about, like, you know, the edge cutting through just regular paper or something like that. I've had one one blade sent out, and it was the envelope itself. Hey, you know, I guess it had a rough ride out there. And uh, when he got it, like, the, the envelope was damaged, and, like, the knife was practically sticking out. That's but it made it anyways, you know. But that's the only issue I've ever heard of having everybody's gotten their knives the way it should have came in. Well, that's good. So that's why I don't overcomplicate the whole shipping process. Yeah. Well, I always write, I'll write a little note on the, on the shrink wrap, you know, before I put the fabric on it, I'll just put, you know, thanks for your support or, yeah. you know, depending on if I know the person or not, you know, if I know them, I'll be like, be careful, stupid. It's sharp as shit. And <laughs> draw a little arrow facing the edge or something. But, uh, always a thank you. Just, written on there with a Sharpie. Shit's going in the trash anyway once they unwrap it, but just kind of try to add a little personal touch to it. I do, uh, I do it. I interact with them personally over messenger or whatever. When I like, I do all that. Thank you stuff and care stuff and all that over. Like I said, when I talk to them and they get their knife, I, you know, I, I follow the tracking on the, on the delivery. So as soon as they get it, I send them a message. And uh, that's when I get I give them the dirty and fucking this is what you got to do. Yep, I do you know. The same thank, thing. thank, thank you very much. <laughs> yep. So sure. I got a, I actually got some orders this week. That's pretty cool. It's been a a slow couple of months actually, but uh, I got same here, man. Three new orders in this week, and uh, oh, that's good. Yeah. So, <laughs> you okay there? You okay, buddy? Yeah, 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 I'm okay. So I wish I would have got three <laughs> orders this week. <laughs> one of them. Yeah, uh, I have a hard time getting my raffle full for fuck's sake. It's about half full and it's not moving. So uh, I don't know what's up with that. I'm going to probably go live and try to get people's attention, wake them up a bit. Yeah, that's weird, man. You usually fill them up pretty quick, right? Yeah, usually it doesn't. It's been over a week, I think. You got it on Facebook? Yeah. I haven't even seen yeah, it, sure. I I don't share it in all the groups that I normally share to. I, I share it to limited groups because not all groups appreciate those kinds of posts. Exactly. Yeah. The rule the rules don't allow waffles, yep. so uh, I don't get none of that action from there. Usually, I get it from my page and a few other like Canadian groups. I wish I could post on international groups, but I can't. Like I said, I've been warned, and I don't want to lose. 
you know, some groups have sorted me out without warning me. Right. And I don't care about those groups, but if a group's going to give me a warning, I'll take that warning, you know? Right, exactly. And I'll just be careful where I post. And the same thing with uh, how I used to do a bunch of shout-outs for, uh, you know, for for my supplier and whatever and other companies and belts. And I'd get, you know, considered advertising advertisement uh, posts and they don't want them on their groups, you know? So I've lost a lot of insight from pages like that where I've gotten kicked out. But where I get the warning, at least, you know, I respect the rules, I guess, and I just tone down my posts a bit. And if I do a post, which is, you know, that I'm going to shout out to somebody, I don't share it out as much. So it gets less insight. <clears throat> yeah, those little uh, group things on Facebook, man, I put one up last night, that little paring knife with a hollow grind on it. Yeah, I saw that. That was just a basic little, like, okay, I'm fixing to call it a day in the shop. Let me snap this picture just so I can post something today. That thing's got 5,000 views already. Oh, that's good, man. I couldn't believe that, man. Like, I'm used to a, a couple few hundred on a on a good one. You know what I mean? But putting it in them groups, that seems to be doing something. I know, definitely. It depends what you're, you're doing, too. You know, if you're going to do a post or whatever, like say you're doing hollow grinds and you would have taken that picture of that paring knife on your grinder, you know, on the fucking work, the, the, the tool rest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you could have thrown that picture, you know, shared it into the grinder groups. And then you go get more, you know what I'm saying? Like if I'm, if I'm going to put a picture of me working handles and I'm using a TR maker, attachment on so-and-so's grinder, you know, Brian's grinder, uh, I'm going to post, I'm going to share that post to the grinder groups. And that, that's when I hit like 20,000 views on the fucking picture. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people there, you know, and it gets a lot of views. Both, there's three grinder groups out there that when I do post something, my knives with the grinder involved, I, I almost triple my, my insights from that post. That's crazy. So, grinder groups are another route. I didn't never even thought about that. Yeah, no, like I said, especially in your case, you know, you you, you got that broadband going, and the same thing with belts. If you're going to bring up belts in a post, you know, share it to the grinder groups. Yeah. You get more insight there, you know. But See, my grinder doesn't have a work rest, though, when it's the uh, hollow grind. No, it doesn't, but you could still set it up there somewhere, you know, or near it, or, you know, get creative. Yeah. I mean, I could put a get work rest on it. Your for, I could put a work rest on it for a picture, but I do all of my grinds freehand. I wouldn't want someone yeah, to take a jig. Yeah. But well, let's say if you're profiling something, uh, sometimes I use the, my uh, contact with the profile certain blades, and I, I lay my grinder horizontally. Mm hmm. And uh, I, I put my tool rest there, and then I profile out my blades. You know, I clean my my spine and my my handle work and all that. So you know, that's a shot right there with a the tool rest. Yeah, that's the only time I use the tool rest is like you said, profiling, cleaning it all up, and then uh, before I do my glue up, I use my work rest to polish up my bolsters. You know, get all that yeah. perfect. Yeah, yeah. And uh, other than that, dude, it's freehand, hundred percent. I don't know. I do all my handle cleanup, like the, the you know, get everything square and whatever. I use my tool rest everywhere. So when I'm cleaning up my top, like where the the tank passes through the handle, I I don't freehand none of that. I just 
I got, like I said, I got two grinders. So I jumped from one to another. One's horizontal, one straight. Yeah. You got it, Vertical, man. and then I just go with it, you know. All right. So one more thing I, I want to make sure to talk to you about today um, is your etching machine. So I've yes. got an etching machine, and it's one that I made about three years ago, maybe. And I made it out of an old tattoo power supply, a tattoo machine. Okay, yeah. I've seen that on a few videos when I was looking into making mine. Yeah, so mine is finally starting to crap out. It's getting to the point. I got scared yesterday because I went to etch some blades, and it didn't do shit. So I picked it up, and I slammed it down on the counter a few times, and that didn't do nothing. So I took my compressor, blew out the inside of it, took a little shell off. That didn't do nothing, so I beat the shit out of it again on the side. And it started working. So I'm definitely going to have to replace. So on your, on your power supply, I know you've got, you've got the mark and the etch. Is that right? Yeah. Explain that to me. Cause that's, that blows my mind. Mine is a DC power supply. So I don't know. I know I'm etching cause it goes deep, but yeah. what, what is the difference? The benefit, the, construction like explain that machine to me my machine is simply made out of a dc plug and an ac plug with an extension cord sliced into that box and uh, i just wired everything to screws running through the box and then just everything everything's running on an extension cord in there really and like i said it's one wall pack that's a dc output and the other one's an ac output so they're just plugged into a simple extension cord on the inside. And then I cut the wires from there and, you know, brought those to some, uh, my posts, like I said, that I put, that I screwed through the box itself, mm-hmm. got some toggle switches, wired all that. And then I got some gate, gator clips and I took the rest of that extension cord and I made my, uh, my leads for my, um, for my clip for the positives and uh, the negatives. Okay. as simple as that is my build was anyways that's and it works fine so far so you, when you say wall pack it's just like a a charger for something obviously not a phone yeah, you, know, you know how you can go to staples or radio shack or whatever best buy and you could buy those power packs that you could uh, change uh, the tips you know their universal power packs right yeah. Like things. yeah well that's my my dc one's like that it's one of those. So I could actually choose my voltage I want up to, I think, 12 volts or maybe even 24, I think. I'm not sure. Oh, no, not 24. That would make no sense. Anyways, <laughs> uh, then the other one is a uh, uh, wall plug for a keyboard, which was AC output, and that's 12 volts. Are you looking for any certain type of amperage or... Is it just AC and DC amperage don't matter? Because I know a lot of them have like, anything, a lot of specs. Anything over one amp, I'd say. You know, you want to stick in between one, and you know, you don't want to go a lot overdo it because then you'll get some some uh, distortions in your etch. You know, it might fucking look like shit. Yeah. If you, you know, if you're overdoing it and you're too high, <laughs> you're, you're fucking shit up. Usually, I run mine because, um, like I said, mine's a power supply for a tattoo machine. So it's got the digital, you know, readout on it of what kind of voltage I'm running. Once I, when I very first start, I'll start around right at 12 volts. 
And once I can kind of see that it's working, you know, it'll start to darken up. You know, your solution will start looking like charcoal water. Shit. Yeah. Yeah. And um, once I can kind of see that it's working, I'll crank it up to about 15. And I do that for maybe 10 seconds, you know, five seconds at a time, five seconds, wipe it off, five seconds, wipe it off. And then I turn it back down to like eight and just chill. You know what I mean? I'll just let it sit on there for a minute or two. And it's done. But it's not working no more. Like, I almost called you last night. If it wouldn't have worked, I would have called you and be like, all right, dude, I got all kind of shit plugged in at my house. I will cut the cord on anything right now. What do I need to look for? (laughs) I was ready to rig something up, dude. I was pissed. But like I said, I beat the hell out of it right quick, and it started working again. So. And you I could have simply used a 9-volt battery, too. That would have worked. My very first etch I ever did was a 9-volt battery and a Q-tip. Yep, same here. Yeah, th- that's a pretty raggedy-looking etch. But at the same time, my stencil was a piece of electrical tape that I cut the JK logo out of with an X-Acto knife. Huh. So it was not a precise setup by no means. Well, how's life been, man? What have, what have you been up to this week? The logo etching. Oh, what was that, Jim? I said, how's life been? What have you been up to this week? How was your uh, your little trip? Oh, that was great. I had a blast. Fun in the sun. Yeah, I had fun in the sun. Went out boating on the lake. Yeah, it looked like you were having a good time. Food. Yeah. It felt good to get away from the, the regular hustle. Yeah. Sometimes you need a break. Even as much as we love it, sometimes you just need to stop, you know, and just yeah. kind of reset for a minute. You got to breathe. Yeah. Something we forget Something we forget to do most times. That's exactly right. We were at the beach, yeah. you know, when we went. I didn't think about my shop, you know, for three days straight. Like, a knife never crossed my mind, you know. Yeah. It just didn't. But then on the way home, I started thinking, like, man, I wish we had one more night at the beach. And, but when we finally actually got home, I was like, God, it feels so good to be back here. And I went straight back to the shop. But it's like I came back with a fresh head. Yeah. Same thing. Did uh, did the same thing for me. You know, like I said, I took off Friday and I came back, uh, what was it, Monday afternoon by the time I got back into the shop. Yeah. And I started rolling with it, you know, and I got four, four blades right now that are ready for handles. Everything's, you know, the grinds are done, the logos are etched, finishes are done. Uh, it's handle time. All the scales are cut up. You know, I had to, uh, I was doing a segmented scales on the uh, chef knife. You know, I got a 14 piece, like my set of scales has 14 pieces in all. Damn. So that was quite a trip putting all that together. You know, I got my epoxy all fucking ready and all that. And you, I only want to do one at a time because I don't want, you know, the epoxy to get all fucking cured a little bit too quick, you know, while you're in the midst of doing something. Oh, yeah. Well, what kind so, of epoxy uh, are you using? The, I was just gonna say I went with the thirty minute uh, the thirty minute epoxy from Secor. Oh hell yeah, that's some good shit there. Hell yeah, the best dude. That's all I use. Oh, I got yeah. their C epoxy thirty. I got their five minute stuff, and I got their C stuff. They got a thirty minute epoxy. Yeah, they do. That wasn't in my goodie box. I'm gonna Whoa, have, I'm gonna have to you're call gonna have somebody. To get in touch with them. <laughs> yeah. It's, yeah, it's that, what I use the most. Pretty much that makes thirty sense. minute. You yeah. know, I let it, I let it cure, but I use the thirty minute and I give it a 
I think it's, I forgot how, how long it says. Does it say in here? Anyways, whatever, you know, I give it a good five to six hours before I even, you know, think of working on the handle after I epoxied it with the, the 30 minute stuff. Yeah. So it gets a good cure. But uh, it's definitely, you know, it's good for, uh, for segmented scales and stuff like that. And I use it with all my wall handles too. I use most of the 30 minute there. Uh, you know, it's got its place. Huh? Definitely. The five minute stuff I use with. I don't know. It's, depends on what I'm doing. I guess, you know, if I'm making scales for my folders, I'll use the five minute stuff. You know, I just do one at a time. Yeah. Don't mix a big batch of epoxy and it works perfect. I use five minute when I'm doing, like if I'm gluing liners to scales. Because, I mean, that's yeah. just, you slap it on there. There's not a bunch of precision yeah. needed. It doesn't really matter if you make a mess because you're going to grind it back down anyway. So, yeah, I'm definitely going to check into that that 30 minute because even last night you know i was thinking to myself i almost got a glue up done last night but i fucked up the scales so got to start over but um i was thinking okay well if i can get this glue up done i can work on it friday morning uh, it'll be ready because like today after we get done with the podcast i got maybe an hour in my shop and my oldest boy's got a football game so you know it'd be tomorrow before i had any time anyway but with 30 minute epoxy i could have done it last night and worked on it this morning right yeah you could have definitely 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 gotten that done and taken care of this morning dude i definitely got to get my hands on that for sure yep because like i said if i like like what is it school it's past dinner time a bit here so i'm probably just gonna not work tonight i think i'm taking the rest of the night off i got a few things to do so like tomorrow morning i'll be up and early uh like i said i got all my skills cut out i just got to profile them and I'll get that glued out and by tomorrow night I'm I'm working on handles yeah that, I'm gonna def, I'm yeah. making a phone call when I leave here I gotta call them yeah. anyway um, but I definitely need to talk about that 30 minute epoxy because that's badass why are you calling them huh why are you calling them you sponsored or what yeah well I mean that's that's what I was getting at is you know I gotta <laughs> I gotta call them and say thank you you know, for the goodie box and for sponsoring the show and you know all that good stuff. And since we got a new co-host now, I need to let them know who it is and all that kind of stuff. And you know, they're gonna take care of you as well. So I just got to make sure they, they know what's going on, which they do. You know, they're listeners of the podcast. At least one of them is because whoever runs the Instagram page, you know, messages me. But uh, you know, I I talked to one guy. He's I guess the sales rep. His name's Cash. Um, hey Jason, yo. just one second. Don't mean to cut you off, Go ahead. but uh, I don't know if you're away from the mic or whatever. But you're coming in kind of screeching, like it wasn't coming in right. Oh, oh, that sounds better. I didn't do nothing. Okay, go ahead and talk about something. I'm going to switch mics right quick. All right, I can still so, hear yeah, you just fine. Uh, <laughs> huh? I can still hear you just fine. I'm just going to swap mics and uh, and figure out what's going on. I'm going to swap over the number. Yeah, so uh, that's the thing. Like I was saying, uh, with all this uh, this great epoxy that we use, that SecCorp uh, provides us with, you know, like I said, uh, you wouldn't want to use anything else after you've you've you put hands on on their product. Like I said, I've, I've seen enough tests 
I've, you know, I've looked into it. I've done testing myself too. And, you know, and I've read a lot of reviews from other makers and, you know, review videos as well. Right. And it, it definitely made its, its way to the right market in the knife making world, you know, like, yeah, it, it belongs there. It definitely belongs there. I've seen some of the videos and I was big time impressed. Is that, is this mic any better? It's about the same. Can you tell the difference? Yeah. Yeah, that sounds better, man. Okay, good. That's the I was on that same one I was bitching about last week. I should have swapped before we started. Um, so I saw some of their review videos and testing videos. Have you seen the one where the dude actually lit the handle on fire to see yeah. if the heat would affect the epoxy? Yep, that was awesome. So yep. now when I hear people say, you know, don't grind your pins too hot, it'll break the epoxy down. Not this stuff. It'll be just fine. Yep. I mean, he still had to beat the no, shit out of the uh, knife. Too. There's charts out there, I think, on their site, too. Like, you could check out like their heat resistance and all that stuff and compare them to other proxies. And, and there is a difference, you know. There's, oh, yeah. They are, you know, the, the, the scientific sheets are out there. Yeah, what is that? They call that the MSDS or something like that? Material yeah, yeah, data is, that's completely different. But, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, well, we got, uh, speaking of sponsors, we got another one. Um. I know, man. It's crazy. I'm, I'm still. I gotta pinch myself every now and then. Like, is this shit real? Because three, six months ago, dude, a podcast was just like a pipe dream. You know, I never figured it would actually happen. I talked a lot of shit about it all the time. I know my wife was getting just fed up with hearing the same shit over and over. But now it's it's for real, and we got sponsors. We got good ones too. But uh, our OG sponsor is Phoenix Abrasives. And you can find them online at www.phoenixabrasives.com forward slash shop. They're your one-stop shop for all of your abrasive needs. And uh, that, that's just fun reading that, right? I'm not even reading it, but that's, that's fun to say that. But, uh, yeah, they got, they got some good shit. I had to call old Greg yesterday and uh, order me a new Scotch-Brite belt because mine caught on fire. Um, oh. Turns out they're, they're flammable as fuck. Um, this happened a few weeks ago, but I just hadn't even thought nothing about it because I had a backup, but it was a little more worn out, you know. But before I moved my forge outside, I had I had it inside the shop. Well, not even thinking, you know, I was finishing up knives and stuff, and I was like, okay, time to do some heat treat. And uh, I hung my Scotch Brite belt on a pegboard off to the side behind the forge. Well, that forge gets hot as shit, and that Scotch Bright belt was loaded up with WD forty. Now, <laughs> I glanced up, and I saw the very bottom of it starting to curl, and just a little bit of smoke. But I looked up; I was like, "Damn it, that belt's ruined." You know, I had to order a new one. I didn't really think, like, "Hey, maybe you should move that." Man, it was like within five seconds, it just right there at the very bottom where it was closest to the forge, it separated like it melted through. So it separated and then burst into flames on both sides and started crawling up both sides evenly like a candle wick. It actually looked cool as hell, but it ruined my scotch Bright belt. So <laughs> I had to order another one. But uh, when I called him, I said, hey, Greg, make sure you get that promo code HUSTLE10 in there. I want my 10% off. So don't forget it, guys. <laughs> I had a guy, uh, and I don't know if this is the case for everybody or every situation, but I had a guy message me yesterday 
And he's been using Phoenix Abrasives for a long time. And he gets a military discount at Phoenix Abrasives. I'm not military. I appreciate everybody who is, but I'm not. So I don't know what that discount is. But he said the Hustle 10 code actually saved him more. So if you're already getting a discount and it's a military discount, try a different one. You might save an extra dollar or two. That's it. It's there for that. Yep. So we've been going right in an hour. Um, I'm going to have to tie this one up a little short today just because, like I said, I got a ton going on. The next couple of how, – how is your schedule, Pickle? Are you, you're pretty much free any afternoon – around the same time is it is that right yeah yeah every i'm sorry if you're the quad right by it. uh yeah every <laughs> afternoon i'm uh, pretty much available on the weekdays you know lately i've been taking the weekends myself so oh, yeah. more or less on the weekends but uh weekdays i'm pretty much always available yeah okay well if it's cool with you we might switch this up just a little bit it'll still come out on the same day but these football games are killing me like Timeline-wise. And, I mean, because I got two boys that play football, and my little girl plays soccer. So it's something all the time. So it might – and it only goes to, like, the first week of October. So over the next couple of weeks, we might need to wiggle around our recording times to where we can bullshit for longer. But, you know, we can talk about that uh, later on down the Fridays, road. Uh, Fridays would be a thing. It would have to maybe be a little bit earlier because Fridays I kind of close shop early. Well, I definitely, I don't think it would ever be any Friday. Probably be like okay. a, either a Thursday like today or possibly a Tuesday. Because their games are, are normally Monday, Wednesday, Friday. You know what I mean? Yeah, so Tuesday and Thursday. But for some reason, my big boys got one today on Thursday. But anyway, we'll go ahead and wrap this dealio up. And um, thank you all, everybody, for tuning in with us. For one more episode, this is number 28. It's nuts. And uh, we're going to be back next week with number 29. And we'll talk to you next week. I'm Jason Hartwell. That's Nick Tobin. J.K. Blades, Pickle Cutters. Check us out. Like us. Follow us. All that good stuff. Send us some messages. Um, If you want to hear us talk about something in particular, or you got a topic or a a question, any of that kind of stuff, send us a message and, and we'll bring it up. So. Thanks for all your support, guys, and we'll talk to you next week. Till then, keep on hustling and keep on grinding. Peace out. That mic sounded like shit, didn't it? At one point, yeah, it was uh, it was good until I mentioned it. You started talking, then I was like, whoa, I can't barely understand what he's saying. I think it's a loose connection or something like that. I don't know. It sounded like a loose connection. Yeah. I had to get in here one day early and just double check all the little things. There's little screw things on the back of all these mics, and I don't really know a ton about it, but I do know that if a wire is working, it needs to be tight. Hmm. Ah, shit, we're still recording. It doesn't help if it's uh, hanging. We're, We're still recording. I forgot to hit that damn button again. All right, bye, guys. Oh, shit.